Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Joe McManus, president of Sentinel Consulting and shareholder with Carlton Fields Law Firm. Sentinel is presenting this month's podcast on healthcare construction. The economic conditions across construction sectors have been in a state of volatility since COVID pandemic arrived. It's no surprise that many businesses and organizations adopted a wait and see approach before investing significant capital into the construction of modernized or new facilities. Notwithstanding, one of the outliers to this period of uncertainty is the healthcare construction sector. According to industry forecasts, healthcare construction spending is projected to further increase by 3% in 2021 to $28 billion. And COVID has actually spurred a number of advancements in healthcare facility development and delivery. Chief among them is modular delivery. Given this growth, Sentinel Consulting is pleased to have today the nation's top healthcare construction contractor, Turner Construction Company, and by the way, the top contractor in the nation according to the latest ENR study of the top 400 contractors. And also we have healthcare developer MDN Development LLC, the leader in modular design and delivery. With me today are Kim Neuscheller. She's a vice president and business manager and is in charge of the Tampa, Florida office. Um, her focus has been through the years, healthcare laboratory research projects and, and a number of other hospital clients. Uh, Larry Blackburn is also here. He's a, he's a vice president with Turner and he is a director and he's in charge of the Florida region. Finally, from MDN, we have Dan Finn, co-founder and COO. Uh, they, they're gonna to provide to you today their boots on the ground perspectives, and we'll discuss key healthcare construction market trends and projections, as well as benefits of certain delivery methods as clients look for speed to market. Um, we thought we'd start today with Kim, um, and clients and what, what you see as clients need in the area of the healthcare construction delivery. Thank you, Joe, really appreciate that introduction. Um, you're right, in, in today's uncertain market, meeting the client's needs is of utmost importance. Um, and two of the biggest things that we're seeing as challenges are speed to market and controlling cost uh, escalation in the uncertain market that we have today based on uh, the pandemic and other shortages, um, natural disasters that have affected uh, manufacturing plants and things like that. Um, so the, with the future of healthcare properties um, requiring that they maximize their existing facilities, both on and off campus, and how do we bring the services to them as quickly as they need them, especially now with uh, us seeing a, a significant rise in COVID cases again, um, having, having to be able to help the healthcare facilities Maximize, the, maximize their existing spaces is, is key because there isn't sufficient time to uh, build a new facility to help them uh, treat the patients that are, are currently needing it. For example, um, you know, in New York, um, Turner and other general contractors were hired by the, um, the government to build temporary COVID facilities and hospitals 
during the initial pandemic surge. Um, and you know, the, the issue back then is we had access to a lot more supplies and materials than we do now after a full year of COVID and labor shortages and things like that. Um, and so with another surge upon us, it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see if those types of facilities are required again, um, you know, how do we meet the needs of, you know, the hospitals in our, in our communities? Um, Larry, are, are you seeing um, the this, this same thing or hearing certain concerns from our, our healthcare partners? I know Lakeland and a few others here in, um, in Florida are seeing more surges um, and we're hearing of, of more um, hospitals maybe doing some more of these temporary facilities. Oh, can you share with us what you're seeing as well? Well, very much so, Kim. In fact, we just got a call last week from a health system down in South Florida needing additional beds due to the current surge in COVID that we're starting to face around the country. Uh, Florida obviously is, well, unfortunately leading the pack uh, with, these, with this surge, but the, the need for temporary beds are starting to pop back up again. But current challenges in the market, you know, the two main resources for any construction project are labor and material. We don't know that. And, and obviously that's where we're struggling with shortages, mainly due to the impact of COVID, but like you mentioned, Kim, some of the other natural disasters going on. So current challenges with supply chain, longer lead times for really common materials. Um, another example, we have a client that we're working with that once uh, they're building several orthopedic surgery centers uh, around the country and they had a project in Phoenix and they couldn't get the uh, insulated roofing material, paper insulation roofing material, ISO board. Uh, the, the material, it, became, it was like gold all of a sudden. It was a lead time of almost five months, which was, which was you know, creating a serious setback on meeting their schedule. So some of the mitigation strategies we help our clients with, uh, you know, we talk to them about making timely decisions, consider early release, and you know, buy the material early where you can and store it if, if it's possible off-site. Consider buying commodity and other type products early and storing them in warehouses possibly. Look to buy raw materials uh, early to lock in the pricing because that's the other issue we're dealing with is cost escalation with the material shortages. Even uh, when you're working with the engineering team, avoid revise and resubmit on the uh, product approval process. Um, in favor of, you know, make corrections noted to keep your place in line with the manufacturing systems is, is another strategy to mitigate the, the shortage that we're dealing with. And always be open to considering alternative products, uh, other options for your materials. Uh, that's something we looked at at uh, the uh, facility in Phoenix I mentioned before, instead of board, go to a different type of insulation material that might have been more readily available. And more importantly, include some extended lead times in your project schedule to account for this. So, you know, Turner, with our clients, uh, we have very strong purchase power in the supply chain. We're very proactive in facing these su supply chain problems and able to mitigate some of these delays that we've been experiencing. And then on the labor shortage side, you know, workers left the construction industry then, during the pandemic. There was quite a bit of uh, delays or postponements in some projects, particularly in the healthcare market, uh, hospital systems, 
and cancel elective surgeries because they needed to maintain the beds. They just put a focus on that. And, and you know, that's, that's where they generate the most revenue, the elective surgery. So they had to put the stop on some of their projects. So when we lost the labor, it's become very difficult to get that back now that we're, we were starting to come out of the pandemic um, here early in 2021. Some of the things that we're doing to mitigate that, you know, we're looking uh, to prefabricate or modulize some of the building components. I know that's something Dan's going to chat uh, on in a minute here. And, um, you know, we do a thorough review of our subcontractors before we pre-qualify them for our projects, make sure they you know, what does their workload, their backlog look like? Do they have the manpower needed to meet our schedule? So we vet that out in, in great detail to make sure that when we bring on board, um, we can mitigate that labor shortage as much as, as much as possible. For example, with the supply chain, for example, I mean, with all of my clients in all the various industries, it affects everybody, you know, Very much. everybody. And, and, and the same true is with, with the labor, you know, and I think that, that, Turner, with their with their now their economic power, it, my, I see that you got the ability to mitigate those. Where you know a smaller contractor's got a, as a tough time. It just it's sort of get in line is what I've seen. You know, in my from a, from a legal perspective, and I, I was intrigued too about your your comment about the the labor, you know, and um, and training. I know Kim, you're you're huge in training. I, I was looking at your bio as a and your work in New York. That's that's one of your uh, your, uh, your focuses, I do believe. That, that's right, Joe. I think, um, you know, one of the, the key things that we face is labor shortages, as Larry mentioned. Um, and with that comes problems with delivering on schedule. And as we know, speed to market is, is key. Um, so you have to start looking at other avenues to create um, workforce and get them back into the market, whether it's a workforce development program, um, you know, switching, as Larry mentioned, to prefabricated components going to uh, offsite construction um, where you can do more work in a, in a conditioned environment and have less labor force. You're doing single point connections on site and things like that. Um, so you have to be a lot more creative if you're gonna handle what our clients need now, which is speed to market. And then also controlling the cost at the same time, You know, by, by taking some of the, the labor off site and doing it in a more controlled environment, you're in a safer environment. You've got better quality control. Um, you're also um, uh, have more economical um, labor rates in the factory than you do on the job side. And so it's you start to look at, okay, well, how can I be creative in establishing, one, how do we get more qualified labor so that we have more consistency on our projects um, and, and make sure that we can deliver quality products to our clients? Um, and then also, not only how do we increase the amount of qualified labor, but how do we be cognizant of reducing costs as well? Because, you know, with all of the labor shortages and, and um, material shortages, prices are going up. You, we're paying ridiculous prices for, for equipment, for materials, et cetera. And that's when you start to talk about, um, you know, what MD, MDN has discovered is, is volumetric modular and, and other prefabricated components. And so it's, it's a combination. You constantly, we constantly have to be in reinventing ourselves to be able to meet the needs of the current environment because it's, it's forever changing. Um, and we never know which challenge we're going to face next. And, uh, you know, and, and both, both Kim, both you and Larry mentioned this offsite construction. And that, that's a nice segue into, into Dan and, and his business there. You know, it's um, because it's not just, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not a, a, um, a one-off thing. Um, 
There's been uh, ASHI, uh, the healthcare executives group with part of AHA, you know, expressed that modular is here to stay. And it really has, has, has exploded during the pandemic. And then there was a, um, a survey of property owners for uh, Construction Users Roundtable and CII, Construction Industry Institute. Um, they stated that the shortage of skilled labor available for on-site work and increased pressure on project costs are the primary reasons for the popularity of off-site constructions. And, and additionally, the technology allowing for greater applicability and customization heightened concerns regarding safety and risk and an increasing demand for higher quality are also driving this uh, modular um, revolution. So Dan, maybe you can give us some, um, your perspective. Tell us about your company and if you can about um, how did how did how did the modular construction evolve in the in the in the health healthcare delivery system? Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, MDN development and what we're really finding today is we're acting more as a uh, modular consultant than actually developer. Um, and I think this the modular is accelerating. And I think for all the reasons that's just been talked about by both Kim and Larry. You know, we, we solve some of the problems, modular or offsite construction, uh, also a volumetric modular, um, such as those labor shortages. You know, the, there's the, these laborers work in a factory in a controlled environment where, of course, the modules are built every day. And when one project is over, the next one comes along, they're continuing. It's not from site to site to site. So this offsite construction has really taken hold. I think part of it, as we mentioned, because of the pandemic necessity to get things done quicker and modular uh, brings a project to the market, it's speed to market. And of course, that's that's big, big dollars for an owner. And then we can talk about other things too: the the reliable labor so we can control labor costs. It's more efficient use of skilled labor and in a safer environment. Very, very important. The workers work in less tight quarters. Um, you know, we can control. We talked. We've talked about the pandemic and COVID, uh, excessive heat. All that is more controlled, and so we also have better quality control. Not just for that, but in the actual work, uh, the product you get is going to be much higher quality. You know, modular construction is really. It's been around for a while, but um, it's really coming to the fore now. And I think what we're seeing too is a matter of uh, education. Like I said, we're becoming more consultants than anything. And it's an education of these benefits because it, it can be a less, uh, less costly too, you know, not only in labor costs, but we're using the same materials, but there's less uh, site costs, you know, simply because if it brings to, comes to market sooner, you have less general condition costs, those kind of things. So it's just a more efficient process. And uh, I think modular is coming in, in some cases, and Kim and Larry and I've talked about this in projects where it's a combination of site built and modular. So it's just a good marriage, if you will, of the two um, techniques and really, really coming forward. And the benefit, yeah, and Joe the, and, and Dan, the benefit of that is while you're offsite building a lot of the components of the building, not only, and we're not just talking about prefabrication of 
head walls or prefabrication no. of exam rooms and bathrooms. You know, we're, we're talking about volumetric modular where you're building entire rooms and stacking them on, their, on each other. They're structural components. And, and as Dan mentioned, there's, there's an education that's, that's needed with that because our clients are, are getting more and more interested in it, but it hasn't been done everywhere. And, and there are concerns about you know, the unknown um, with that. But at the same time that we're exploring that you know, and, and we're building in offsite facilities, we can simultaneously be building the site components on site. And so like you just, you reduce your schedule. Um, you know, as Dan mentioned, there's so many added benefits of offsite construction, you know, whether it's components of the building or whether it's full volumetric modular. Um, and so as we educate our clients about the benefits, whether it's cost, whether it's schedule, quality, safety, you name it, um, you know, they're becoming more and more interested and more and more willing to, um, you know, step out of the standard uh, site build construction uh, delivery method and, and look at these other um, options, which has been, it's been exciting. And, you know, we, we definitely see it as, as part of the future, um, especially in, in light of the, the supply issues we're having with labor shortages and, and things like that. If we can make decisions early, you know, that's one of the things that with, with modular and volumetric modular, that's, that's a huge component is we have to be willing to make decisions sooner um, and so clients will have to, um, you know, standardize their products maybe and standardize, you know, the way their facilities look, which is, which is a great, you know, thing when you think about it for branding, you know, if someone sees a facility, oh, that's, you know, that's, um, you know, this particular healthcare facilities building type, um, you know, and that's just easily recognizable that, that that's where they want to go. And so there are certain factors that, you know, are, are benefited by going and switching to modular that maybe not everyone thought about before. Yeah, and I think, Kim, too, that what you were talking about there, um, what we're seeing, of course, and you're aware of this is a change in the healthcare industry and the delivery models and a lot of inpatient now going to outpatient, which is driving a lot of ASC construction. And we actually have a prototype ASC from a 2OR. We can make a 3OR, 4 or 5, whatever is needed. Same thing with freestanding EDs. Um, and they're not just one-offs. So again, these can be built in the factory and talking about materials, materials are so hard to come by. So there's a more efficient use because those materials can be stored in this offsite setting and reused. There's less waste that makes it easier. And so then we can bring these things to market much quicker even than just a one-off. So the multiples are great, but we're seeing a lot of that. But it's truly the future of construction. Uh, you know, I've, I've been with Turner over 40 years, so I've, I've seen uh, quite a bit of change. And, you know, a couple of the things, you know, we, you, you hit a lot of the benefits, but the competition is also growing. More and more of these modular companies are popping up around the country now. So that's going to drive competition, which will also drive uh, costs down for our clients. And it was interesting, another example on the labor side, I was talking to one of the modular companies and they have no problem getting labor. And one of their, one of their carpenters said, you know, if he would take a dollar or $2 an hour cut to go work in a temperature control warehouse, because he would get guaranteed 40 hours. He wouldn't lose a day due to weather. Uh, he would actually get even more overtime because they're starting to get busier. So uh, you, see, you start to see that shift of labor and we target 30 to 40% or more of our projects now to be 
either prefabricated or modularized uh, that will help alleviate that labor shortage that we're facing on our job sites. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a small contractor, all right, and uh, I mean, and, and I'm facing uh, labor labor shortages to start off with, all right, and now I'm facing OSHA pressure because of, of my distancing requirements and the heat problems that we got, for example, out west. Why wouldn't we? Why, why wouldn't I be pushing for more modular construction? Um, you know, I was uh, I went to an annual meeting of the American College of Construction Lawyers just last year. And we had uh, the head of the Modular Institute. Um, and it was staggering the amount of what they could deliver. I mean, on power plants construction, just, just segments of power plants, you know, and, and the ability to, to be able to deliver the same product over and over and over with that kind of consistent quality has got to be a great push. But, and, and I think, Kim, you brought this up, is that it's, we're also getting pulled by the by the by the healthcare industry, right? Because because they're changing their their types of types of structures that they want. Can can you give us a, a, some some insight into that? Sure. Uh, predominantly, they're looking for flexibility, regardless of the building type. But you know, Dan mentioned it too. You know, they're going for, um, a, a a lot more towards. Um, outpatient care facilities than, than inpatient. And so you have more ambulatory surgical centers. Um, you have more um, freestanding emergency departments and micro hospitals and, and things like that that are, are put out in um, into the communities and the neighborhoods closer to the people that are going to need those services. So you make it more convenient. Um, and regardless of the building type, whether it's uh, modular construction or if it's normal um, site build construction, the most important thing that we're seeing with our clients is design flexibility, to be able to use those spaces for a variety of different um, uses, whether it's a, a medical uh, or surgical patient room, being able to switch that immediately to an ICU patient room, um, you know, when we're considering the possible pandemic surge. So the issue becomes is how do you design the, you know, the mechanical, electrical and plumbing systems to be able to accommodate whichever type you need to go to. You know, each each facility and each each type of um, you know surgical center or whatever will have their own requirements for air changes per hour and negative pressure versus positive pressure rooms when you're talking about critical care patients. And so, understanding you know the needs of the, the clients and how many different ways they may need to configure a room, um, and maybe you have some redundancies built in so that if you're in in one stage of a pro pro project or a process, um, you know you can use the room for this type of facility, but then in, in the event you have a pandemic, you can look at, okay, um, implement additional measures where you can have negative pressure rooms and get better air circulation and, and oxygen to you know, the rooms that need it um, and other, other services like that. So I think the, the, the criticality is flexibility um, in being able to, whether it's convert existing um, to have more flexibility or whether it's new, Owners want to know that they can use their their facilities for a, a variety of different um, services. To give you an example, you know, we touched on speed to market. So we were working with a client in Central Florida that was going to build a three story, 80, 82,000 square foot medical office building with urgent care, physician offices, exam rooms. So we partnered with Dan and his uh, modular uh, partners to build you know, the 56 exam rooms, the four procedure rooms. So while we're developing the site, bringing the structure up, 
Dan and his team are building these rooms in a environmental control warehouse and then deliver them just in time to the project where we're going to bring them in and set them in place. And what was a 13-month schedule, we, we could deliver that facility in 11 months now. We say we would shave too much, like 15% roughly off of the schedule. So that's the speed of market our clients are looking for us to deliver on. Absolutely, Larry. And of course, I can't agree more of uh, what I call the five benefits to modular construction. Number one is speed to market. So early delivery, uh, and that's done through more simultaneous construction opportunities, a streamlined construction process. So it's a little bit faster. And of course, we've talked about this, the reliable and efficient labor and labor costs. So it's a more efficient use of the skilled labor. We talked about how hard it is to find. So use that as efficiently as possible. Better safety. Uh, and Joe was mentioning the excessive heat, you know, being able to control the whole COVID pr protocols, those kind of things. Better quality control in the controlled uh, factory work environment. And of course, minimum site impact. So yeah, I think it's a, it, again, it's a great partnership and modular is going to excel at that and keep coming and coming and be a great partner to site build. So offsite and site build, I see going hand in hand to take us into the future. And you say partnerships, you're talking about the entire the subcontract community and the architect, for example, getting together with a modular manufacturer. How does, how do you see the cooperation um, uh, going and, and what do you see? Is it going to be as collaborative as it, as it sounds? Yeah, I think that's been our experience, Joe. And I think uh, Kim and Larry are a good example of that, working with a, a, a site-built contractor. And um, they have accepted this. And it's been a matter of when we first got together and, and talking to Kim and Larry about all the benefits we're talking about right now. But I do see it going hand in hand into the future. I think it's going to be accepted well for all the reasons. Um, so. I think it's I think it's very positive. I'm very excited about it. And MDN can can hardly wait to take the next project with Turner. And Joe, just to, to add on that, one of the key things with with modular and, and the advancement of it and in, in the spirit of collaboration, it's it's required. It's necessary because you have to start early on and in coordination and having the design team. Um, you know, side by side with the fabricator and, and, the, and the contractor to make sure that everything is coordinated in advance. Because like I mentioned earlier in, the, in, in our segment, um, we have to know where all those services go, where all the, where all the pipes are laid out, where the duct is laid out. Um, you know, normally we would do it on site and you would do coordination, whether you use um, and all the technologies that we have now. So whether it's volumetric modular or, or partial modular and prefabrication or site build, Coordination is so important and you need to work together in order to set the locations for all of your services and make sure you have enough room for above, above the ceiling and, and in the walls for everything that's required in a healthcare facility or any other facility for that matter. So the more that we can work together front, um, the, but the more seamless it'll be, and especially when you get into volumetric modular where you're stacking units on top of each other, you're guaranteed the same point of one uh, unit, you know, your, your MEPs are going to be in the same location in the unit below, and you're just stacking one on top of the other and even side by side. So as you're, as you're fabricating in a more controlled environment, you can, you can guarantee a little bit um, better where all of your services are going to be because 
the the workers are working you know more at grade than up in the air at elevated work levels um, and it's just a little bit easier to coordinate and and to actually um, construct uh, so the collaboration has to start from the beginning or or you won't be able to make the decision soon enough to make volumetric module or just modular in general um, you know worthwhile you won't gain the benefit and if you're not collaborating, you just lose all of that. Um, but the, you know, the, the thing that we talk about and we try to foster on all of our projects is the right environment, which has all of this collaboration involved in it, right? I mean, we wanna make sure that every every team member is, is marching to the same goal, making sure that we give the client a quality product. And um, in order to be able to do that, we need to be able to talk to each other and, and talk the same language. Absolutely, you know, and, and thank you for that, Kim. And you mentioned, stacking. And for our audience, I just wanted to um, mention, uh, to give a better mind picture, if you will, of modular construction. Think of Legos. And these Legos are built in the factory, taken to the site and then stacked and put together. And as you said, everything meets all the mechanical, the electrical, plumbing, you know, they're finished in the factory, 80 to 85% complete, and then put together and stacked, if you will, very efficiently. And then the final finishing is done. And that's part of where the uh, partnership, if you will, with a general contractor like Turner to comes in play and a good partnership, but that collaboration and design up front is key and critical. And that makes everything else work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two of my largest healthcare fights uh, had to do with clearances. All right. If, uh, laying out. All right, and not and not having enough space, okay, between the end of the bed and the and the nurses, you know, and the other areas. And what happens is you seem to eliminate that, or certainly mitigate that, with uh, the consistency of modular construction. I think it's a from from my own liability point of view, uh, that was certainly if if I find modular refreshing on that lines. Well, sure, uh, Kim, um, maybe we can, and for all of you. You know, um, you know, for those healthcare executives who are going to be listening to this podcast and those directors of facilities, do you have any any final takeaways that um, that you want to provide to um, to us? Because this has been this has been very illuminating. Well, I think um, you know, just aside from you know the different building types that we're we're seeing more and more in the industry with the ASCs and the FSEDs and the urgent care centers, whatever, and bringing bringing the services to the community, which I know the community support. Is that some of the organizations that I work for in New York, they were doing that also. And, you know, instead of having to go all the way into the city to receive services, they can, you know, drive a, a couple of miles down the road and receive the services. Another thing that, that is really informing um, the offices of the future and the healthcare facilities of the future is the rise in telemedicine with the pandemic. So everyone is still considering what their office and or, um, you know, healthcare space needs are uh, because certain things can be addressed through telemedicine now. And so I think that the more we're open to being flexible in our thought process, whether it's, um, you know, how we use spaces and whether we do modular construction or, um, you know, site build construction, the more we're flexible and collaborate along the way to figure out the best solution. Sometimes it's a hybrid, you know, Dan mentioned it earlier. Sometimes we have a hybrid where certain components of a job are, are site built and then certain components are um, modular or prefabricated offsite construction. And the more we can work together to um, figure out a solution that's best for that particular project, 
the more we'll come to um, provide a better quality product and, and figure out how to get it to speed to market as quickly as possible. Um, and, and it just comes down to partnership and partnership on all, on all sides. Dan, Larry, any further, further thoughts for those uh, heads of facilities and construct and um, executives? You can Sure, Joe. Because there may be some of our listeners wanting to raise their hand and ask a question about testing and certification. We haven't touched on that yet, but that's something we figured out as well. Typically, it involves a third-party testing agency that is brought into the factory or the warehouse where the modular units are being built, and those inspections and certifications are done and are in hand when that finished product is delivered to the job site. And we want to make sure we touch on that. Yeah, good point, Larry. Thank you. Yeah, and I think... Uh, that third-party inspection process is now accepted. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here is it 32 or 38 states that uh, it's accepted and used? I believe it's even more than that, Dan. I think it's in the 40s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's increasing every day as we talk about because modular is being accepted more and more. And as you would say, Joe, for for those the, the directors of facilities, the vice president of construction, whoever, I would say ask questions and you can contact again mdn development uh turner we are partners and as we said we're going to be partners in the future but go ahead ask us the questions we're we're here to educate uh, this will be something that will benefit all of us and so when i say partners it's not just about uh developers and general contractors but it is owners this is a great partnership that is coming forward I think one one final thing that I would offer, in addition to what Larry said for um, you know facilities and and filing, the other benefit of um, you know what we can do now with all the technological advancements that there are um, with with volumetric module or site build construction, it's the the handover, the turnover package at the end for servicing the buildings um, in the future. So facilities and operations groups want to know that you know they're going to get an easy to maintain. Uh, facility and and the more you go with the mo volumetric module and you can be assured that each damper is in the same spot in the same you know for the same room or you know in the corridor however it might be wherever this device or any other device is located knowing that you, you know that deliverable that you get at the end um, and the and the certainty that you get with um, with the quality control of a volumetric pro product. Um, that, that's that's a huge benefit to the owner. They don't have to guess. It's it's the same place every time. And then that turnover package at the end of the day has all the information, whether it's your O&M manuals and your, um, your coordinated drawings, your product data, your your warranty information. Um, and and that's that's a benefit that you know with the the building information modeling that we do nowadays and all the coordination techniques. Volumetric modular is just another way to give an added layer of certainty to being able to easily maintain your building in the future. So I would just say, um, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't rule it out. It's definitely a viable option. And we're definitely, we're seeing more and more people interested in this delivery approach. Well, I wanted to follow up on Dan's, <laughs> Dan's uh, offer um, that uh, listeners who are interested and have those questions, all right, can reach out to Dan at MDN or Larry or Kim at, at Turner or of course me at, uh, at, at Sentinel Consulting. Um, we've reached the end of our, our day, um, but I wanna thank uh, Kim and Dan and Larry uh, so much for, uh, for participating here and um, 
what I think has been a very exciting development in the healthcare construction delivery. Thanks, Joe. It's been our pleasure to be here. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe, very much. Bye-bye. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation.